you're looking pretty awake today. I'm impressed. Well done. Yeah. I uh, am here and I'm ready to go. Aaron's got us up a little louder than normal. That'll be good. Keep them awake. And I got the air horn ready to go if I see you starting to doze. Uh, but this is week number six, our final uh, sermon on our series, Why Does Church Matter? And uh, I'm going to recap one more time why, why, we, uh, why we're doing this, this series. Uh, many of you, you come, you've come for a long time, maybe 20, 30, 50 years, but you never really knew why church is essential. And the problem with that is if that's you, uh, it wouldn't take much for you to suddenly now say, you know what, I, I got something else going. And, and suddenly out, you're out of the church habit. Second reason we've said this over and over, our children and our grandchildren, uh, they're leaving church. They're not attending church at a really alarming rate. And I could give you lots of different stats, but the truth is, I think we all know it. People just aren't committed today, the next generation. So we need to be able to understand and train and explain why church matters to the next generation. Because uh, just because that's what we do, because uh, don't ask, we're just going, that doesn't work so much any longer. Third reason, we're all getting busier. Pace of life increasing. Uh, even here in northern Michigan, we're suddenly now really running. The treadmill's been turned up. We're overscheduled, we're exhausted, we're overwhelmed with the pace of life. And if you don't understand why church is essential and matters, uh, then you'll be tempted, you know what, I think I'm going to sleep in because I'm really worn out, I'm exhausted, and pretty soon you drift away. Drift away, no longer in the church habit yourself. Okay? Okay. Uh, we uh, have said five reasons so far, five reasons why does church matter. And I know some of you are thinking, you, you really, you got to do it again? Here's, here's what I've learned. Are you ready? Leaders are repeaters. <laughs> Leaders. So if you don't say something a lot, then the truth is you're probably not going to be heard, probably not going to be catching what, what you want other people to hear and understand. So here we go. With that in mind, why does church matter? First week we said church matters because the local church is King Jesus' plan to love and reach and change and save the world. Why does church matter? Because today is the church age and literally the church, the local church specifically, is the hope of the world. Now let's get a little more specific. The local church is the hope of northern Michigan. Church matters. Why? Because King Jesus says it matters a lot. Uh, week number two, church matters because the church is the bride of Jesus Christ. And he sacrificed his sinless body, shed his blood on the cross for the sin specifically of the church. We looked at that in Ephesians 5. And it's the church that will sit in Revelation and enjoy the, the wedding supper of the Lamb. It's the church, book of Revelation, where we're going to enjoy the presence of the groom for all of eternity. So, 
when we tell the king of the universe, I love you, Jesus, you're my king, you're my Lord, you're my master, I I love you, I enjoy serving you, but I don't care for your bride. I I love you, Jesus, but I really want nothing to do with the queen, your bride. Really, you're not just rejecting the bride, the church. At core, you're rejecting the king and saying, no, thank you. I I don't agree with your plan. I I don't want to do it your way. We ask this question, what if the purpose of the local church, just like marriage, is not to make us happy? But instead, what if the purpose of the church is actually to make us holy? And I would argue that's exactly why local church matters. Uh, Week number three, church matters, because it's the place where God grows us and matures us in Jesus and His Word. The local church is here so all of us don't remain spiritual babies and toddlers and children. The local church's job, uh, a part of what we're all about here, is to help you grow and mature, find your sweet spot, discover your gifts, and get you fully complete in Christ. Week number four, that was two weeks ago, that was uh, Pastor Brandt. I like uh, Marvelous, it's my new title for Pastor Brandt, he's the yap, he's the yap, the young adult's pastor, I like that. Uh, But anyway, uh, he uh, said church matters because there's unity in diversity. The church matters because we're a body, 1 Corinthians 12. We are a body, and I don't know about you, but our body needs all of its parts. If one part is missing, the rest of the body is not doing well. We, we don't do well when we're missing the parts of the body. The church matters because I need you and you need me. We all need Jesus together in family. Last week, week number five, church matters because the church is called to shine bright, love, good deeds. Why? Because as we together, plural, shine bright, the world sees our love and our good deeds and will ask, it says, Matthew chapter 5, I, I want to know more about this God. I, I want to know about the one true God that you're serving. Uh, We earn the right to be heard, catch this, when we're shining love and good works on northern Michigan. So why are they going to want to listen to us? Because we've earned the right to be heard by shining love, good works to everybody around us. Today's week number six. Uh, The church matters, we're going to see today, because we're called to shine bright and uh, together remind one another, don't quit. Don't give up. Don't you dare stop right now. We need one another to spur each other on. That's literally what it says. So we're, we're called together to love and encourage and support and be there for each other. We need each other to keep on keeping on. That's the message today. Locate with me on your phone, in your Bible. We're in Hebrews chapter 10 today. We're going to be challenged. Don't you quit. Don't you quit. Look at your neighbor and say, don't you dare quit. Go ahead, tell them. No, you can't quit. That's why we're here, okay? Stay in the church habit. 
Uh, if you're able, would you stand with me? Hebrews 10, slide down to verse 23, and we'll read out loud together. Week number six. Ready to go? Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess. For he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. Let's pray. Lord, thank you uh, for uh, explaining to us very clearly what church is all about. And Lord, we recognize this was your idea. You knew we don't do well alone. You knew, Lord, that we needed one another. We need a family that's related because of your Son, Jesus Christ, and the cross, and the shed blood, and the empty tomb. So thank you, Lord, for your church here at Walloon. Lord, I pray as well for the other campuses. I pray for uh, Pastor Jason and the, the campus in East Jordan. I pray for Pastor Joe and those gathered in Northridge and Lansing. Lord, would you meet us today in your church? We welcome your presence, your power. And would you show us one more time why connecting and belonging to your church matters in 2020? Speak, Lord. We're listening. We're ready to hear from you. And I pray specifically right now for those who've lost loved ones recently. And Lord, there seems to be a lot. I pray for Dennis Chrisman and Todd Peterson who've lost mothers. I pray for Rosie Stanley and Tracy Tonzer who've lost brothers. Lord, I pray for the Monti family who lost a brother and an uncle. Lord, I, I pray for comfort and strength and peace for those in the family that we love who are mourning and hurting. Help us, Lord, to love and support those in the family who are dealing with loss. Lord, help us to love one another well today in this family. And all the church family at Walloon Lake said with one united voice, you can be seated. Wondering how many of you are, are salad people, <laughs> okay? I, I, I just was wondering uh, uh, how many of you, that's like one of your favorite things, you're, you're, you're a salad person. Can I see your hands? Yeah? Yeah? Like a good salad bar? Uh, let, let me tell you my salad bar experience, okay? Um, this is a true story. <laughs> uh, Denise and I loved this specific salad bar, and I won't tell you the name. I'll just tell you uh, one of the names is between Monday and Wednesday. That's all I can say. But uh, anyway, they had this amazing dressing uh, at this restaurant, and the ladle said, fat-free honey mustard dressing, and it was marvelous. So we loved that salad bar and that dressing so much that... Uh, we went on date nights. We drive out of our way. Why? Because we got to have some more of, of that salad bar, but specifically love that fat-free dressing. We did that, I'm telling you, for months, and we were just raving. We'd tell other people about it. Uh, uh, so one night we're driving, and I said, 
Denise, why, why don't we see if they'll sell us some of that fat-free honey mustard dressing? And, and she said, that's a great idea. So uh, we get there and talk to the waitress and we order and we're up and we, we've lo- still honey, fat-free honey mustard dressing that's loaded. And we said, could we buy some of that? And she says, uh, well, I think you can, but you need to know it only comes like in a gallon. So, so do you mind a gallon? And we said, we think that's fine. She says, let me go talk to the manager, but, but I think that would be good. So she comes back, she talked with the manager, no problem, told us the price, and we're going, yes, it's going to be eating good in the neighborhood, I'm telling you, this salad and this dressing, best in the world, we're pretty sure. So anyway, finish the meal, Uh, she brings our our gallon of fat-free honey mustard salad dressing, and and I'm looking at it, and it's it's a big, it's literally a gallon and, and, and I'm looking at the label, and it says 35 grams of fat per serving. 35 per serving. And I say to her, no, 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 we want the fat-free honey mustard dressing. Uh, so she takes it back, she, she hands it to the manager, and he came, comes back out with the same gallon and says, uh, we don't have any fat-free honey mustard dressing. And, and I say to the man, oh, oh no, you, you do, you do. Because that's, let me show you, the, the ladle on the salad bar says, fat-free honey mustard dressing. And he says back to me, well, we tried the fat-free honey mustard dressing when we first opened, but nobody liked it. So we just went back to regular honey mustard dressing, we just never bothered to change the ladle. So, anyway, that's my bad words on my brain, bad words on my tongue. Uh, I'm telling you, did you know pastors still have bad words that show up at certain times? Isn't that right, Chad? Uh, Lord, hold back the torrent of ugly words. Thank you, sir. We said, but... uh, I don't think we'll be taking your 35 grams of fat per serving. Thanks a lot, Ruby. Uh, anyway, uh, there we go. Don't mess with a pastor, right? <laughs> so how many of you still like salad after uh, that? Uh, I, I think these verses we stood and just read... I think it's like the salad bar section of the Bible. And uh, I, I thought since you're down an hour of sleep, you might, you might need a little bit extra so that we can remember what we're talking about here this morning. So here's the salad bar, verse 23. Look what it says. It says, Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess. Verse 24, Let us... Consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds. Verse 25, let us not give up together meeting as some are in the habit of doing. Okay, so uh, we're going we're gonna to break these three different types of salad down, okay? So verse 23, I'm going to call that pasta salad, okay? We good with that? Pasta salad. Uh, verse 23, here's what it says. Uh, let us hold unswervingly 
to the faith we profess. Let's hold on tight, for he who promised is faithful. God's Word is reminding us that we gather together as a church family because we all need to be reminded from time to time that our God, our Savior, who's the one who's faithful? His name is Jesus Christ, is faithful. Colossians 1.27, Christ in you, the hope of glory. Where does our hope come from? Christ in us. Christ in us, working through us, that's the hope of glory in us. Okay? Why does church matter? Because we need to be reminded that our God, our Savior is good, how often? And I don't know about you, but there are some weeks I need to hear that. I, I need to sing about that. That's why our songs are filled. Our God is faithful. He can be trusted. He knows what He's doing all the time. Again, many of you, you come to church every Sunday. You've been doing that for decades, years and years. But when a loved one dies, you need reminding, don't you? God's faithful. He can be trusted. When your marriage is on the rocks, you need reminding, don't you? Oh yeah, God is faithful. He's going to walk with me through this awful time. When you're sick and the doctor has no answers, you need reminding. Lord, you're the great physician. You know what you're doing. You've never failed me and you never will. You're faithful. When you stumble into church and you're exhausted and you're on empty, and that very well may be some of you here today, you need reminding, don't you? God is faithful. He can be trusted. Place your hope in the hope of glory. Hold on tight to Jesus Christ and His promises. That, that's what it says here, verse 23. Hold tight to the faith in Jesus Christ we profess, for our God is faithful. He's been faithful. Look around right now, and I could just go around. He's been faithful to Carol. He's been faithful to Jen. He, he's been faithful to Nancy. We could just go around and say, oh yeah, I, 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 we walked with them through that, and they walked with me through my stuff, and oh yeah, I'm reminded, Jesus Christ is faithful. And if you're there today, you need to be reminded, this is your reminder. Christ is faithful. You can hold on tight, and all the promises He's given us, He's good. He knows what He's doing. He has a plan. He's never failed us. He never will. Salad number one, verse 23. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess. For Christ who promised is faithful. Salad number two. I'm going to call that one a fruit salad, so I guess I'll, I'll put my, uh, my lettuce down, okay? Because uh, here in verse 24... He talks about spiritual fruit. Good fruit is produced when we gather. Verse 24, And let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds. That's the good fruit. 
We gathered together and we're thinking all the time, how can I spur my brothers, my sisters, my church family on towards good fruit, love, and good deeds? Church matters because we need each other to be spurring us on toward love and good. I need the family. I need you and you need me to be spurring us on towards love and good deeds. There's an interesting word, spur, and it's exactly the word that you're thinking about right there. It is. It's the spur. How many of you like to ride horses? We've got anybody here? Okay. I looked this up. Um, spurs are meant to direct and encourage a horse in the right direction, which is the direction that the rider desires to go. Now, used properly, a spur is not meant and, it, and it's not supposed to harm. It's supposed to feel pressure and encourage the horse in the right direction. And that, and that really applies to us. We're to encourage, not hurt, not harm, not injure one another, but we're to nudge and to prompt and spur one another on. What does this say? To love like Jesus and shine bright for King Jesus. We're supposed to be spurring one another on towards love, the love of Jesus, and good deeds. Do you remember last week? It's exactly what we were talking about, Matthew 5 and verse 16, let your light shine before others that they may see your, anybody, good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven, okay? So last week, Jesus, Sermon on the Mount, let your light shine, plural, so that church family, our light can shine corporately and they'll see our good deeds and glorify our Father in heaven. That's exactly what he's saying. Church family, as you gather together, shine bright and encourage one nudge each other, literally spur one another on so that you'll shine bright and you spur me back so I'll shine bright and northern Michigan can see that our faith is real and alive. Go back to verse 24. I want to show you one more thing. It says, uh, pause, stop, let us consider. Back in the Psalms, they would say, Selah. Selah, pause and think about it. Stop for a moment, it says, and give concentrated thought. How can I spur, nudge, prompt, provoke my brothers and sisters to keep shining bright for Jesus? Okay? So think with me now. We're going to pause, and I want, to th I want you to think, how could you spur someone on? How could you nudge, provoke, prompt someone around you to shine bright for Jesus? Nudge them towards love and good deeds. What, what could you do, what could you say that would nudge and prompt and encourage someone in the family, towards love and good deeds. Think about it. And it says, pause, consider, give it some thought, and then move towards action. We need each other. We need each other because when we're 
gathered here as family, we are reminded, keep on loving like Jesus. Keep on singing and worship, worshiping the Lord. Never stop shining the Jesus and the fruit. Never stop doing love and good deeds toward those around. And we're supposed to have that impact, that influence on one another. Ready? I'm going to ask you to do that even right now. Can you believe it? He's actually going to have... I, I want you to say, okay, since we're, we're trying not to uh, um, germinate each other. Is that a word? Can, germinate? I think that might mean something else. But anyway, that might have to do with gardens. Uh, but, but I want you to say something that could encourage someone toward love and good deeds so that they would shine bright. And maybe it's just simply, shine bright, brother. Keep shining. Keep loving like Jesus. You know, you might go over to Scott and say, don't quit, buddy. Keep on keeping on, okay? So I don't know what you want to say. And uh, if you're a guest, I give you permission just to sit there and do nothing. But if you've been here more than once, that doesn't apply to you, okay? Okay? So are you ready? I, I, we're going we're gonna to put this verse right into action. Verse 24. What am I going to say? What am I going to say that might encourage someone and remind them, I, I want you to keep on moving towards love and good deeds. So I'm going to spur you on to keep loving and shining bright. I'm pausing. I'm giving you a little bit of time to think. But for 60 seconds, go. Go. Stand. Unless you're a guest, first time, just sit there. You don't have to do nothing. Spur one another on. How are you? Cold. I know. It's All the, I know it is. <laughs> okay, everybody. I hope you felt a little dose of love and encouragement. That's what that was meant to do. Maybe for a few of you introverts, it's like, thanks a lot. I'm glad that's over. I can't wait to see you guys and encourage and love and, and feel, feel the warmth of the family. That's, that's what church 
is for. That's what he says. Go back to verse 24. We gather so that we can encourage. And, and, and it's not always that we're doing something so specific, but just being here, loving, caring, encouraging one another, loving on each other. It's a big part of what he's talking about there. Which brings us to the third stop on our salad bar. You ready? Uh, I'm going to refer this salad as a chef salad because it's full of meat. M-E-E-T. Okay? Verse 25. Puns are the highest form. They really are. They really are. Verse 25 of humor. Let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. Let's not give up meeting. Some are in that habit, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. Now, I kind of saved this for last because growing up, I sort of thought that was the only verse in the Bible about why church matters. And, and I recall verse 25 was a club that was used a lot don't give up meeting. You, you have to come. Um, but I will say this probably is the clearest verse in the Bible of hanging in there. Why do we come? Because God's Word says don't, don't give up meeting. Gather together. But it's more than that. As you dig into this verse, it's more than just don't quit coming um, Allow me to be the master of the obvious. That's part of my job, you understand. Uh, verse 23, we cannot remind one another of the hope of Jesus. We can't remind each other that Jesus is faithful when we're missing an action on Sundays. You understand? When we're gone and we drift away, you can't do what we're called to do, which is to encourage each other and remind each other. Verse 24, you can't spur one another on towards love and good deeds. You can't nudge a church family member to keep shining bright for King Jesus if you've gotten out of the church habit. That, that can't be done because you're not here. If you're not attending most Sundays, you can't live out what he's talking about here. We meet together as a church family so we can encourage and support and love on each other. And notice the last part of verse 25. I think this is huge. And all the more as you see the day approaching. What's the day? You better be meeting all together and it's more important as you see the day approaching. I think the writer here in Hebrews I think to them, he meant the day of Caesar. I think he meant uh, the day of trouble and persecution is upon you. You see the day coming when Claudius and Nero and Caligula, they're, they're not going to be kind to you, the church. You, you need each other all the more as you see the day coming. And, and we know from church history that day came. And it was awful. But for us, I, I would say the day specifically for us refers to the day of judgment. You can turn to the book of Revelation, the last book of the New Testament, when 
Everything gets kicked into high gear and King Jesus is going to bring this fallen world to an end. The day means there's a day when, when this, this earth is going to be no more. It's going to be remade, new heaven, new earth, new kingdom, and a whole bunch of judgments are going to happen before that day comes. Catch this. We need each other all the more as things get darker and more wicked in this world. We, we need each, as, as things get upside down, and what we know from God's Word is good, is called bad, and what is evil is lifted up and called good, and we're saying what's going on, give me your eyes, like never before, we need each other. That's what he says. And all the more as you see the day of evil, as things get darker, we need each other even more. More. As the world gets darker and our culture becomes less Christian, let me give you a word of encouragement. You ready? Give me your eyes. When things get darker, light stands out brighter. So we have the opportunity as things get darker and more upside down, as we shine Jesus brighter with love and good deeds, that's going to stand out stronger than it ever has before. So in many ways, this is an advantage. We get to stand out for Christ. People are going to say, what is that? What is it? Why are you behaving? Why are you showing me love and good deeds? They don't get it, which then gives us the right to be heard. Secondly, um, as things grow darker and the day approaches, we need each other now more than ever more. I believe today there's never been a greater need for supporting each other in the church family than right now, at least in my lifetime. There, there's never been a time, at least since my 61 years, where we need each other more than ever. But that's why this series was, was so important and on our mind, because we realize now we need church more than ever, but as people are more exhausted, as people are more afraid, as people are withdrawing, now, I'm, I'm just telling you, like never before, people who used to say, oh yeah, I'm a part of church, are slowly drifting away and saying, you know what, I, I, I think, I think I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be on the camping tour instead of the church tour. I, I think I'm, I'm going to be doing kayaking and canoeing for the next six. I'm going to be on the golf. I'm going to be snowmobiling. Give me your eyes. This is not legalism I'm talking about. This is about need. This is about survival. Church, we need each other like never before because if we're going to live victoriously and fruitfully in this world today, like never before, we need God's plan to reach and change and love and save the world. And that's the local church. We need each other. It's, it's the hope. We need the prodding. I, I, we need the reminding. God's Word says very clearly, and we've looked at it six Sundays in a row, God's plan for us today, 
This is the church age. We, we need the church family. We need one another like never before. I'm going to close with Pastor Brandt's words from two weeks ago. I like it. Truth is, I need you. And you need me. And we all need Jesus together. You want to say that with me as we close? I need you. And you need me. And we all need Jesus together. One last time. I need you. And you need me. And we all need Jesus together. Turn to somebody right next to you. Tell them, I need you. And you need me. (laughs) And we all need Jesus together. We do, like never before. Hey, church fam, I love you. You're the best. Let's pray. Lord, I I don't believe in my lifetime there's ever been more of a need for church. We need each other like never before. And there's also been never more reasons and distractions and excuses to get out of the church habit like now. So Lord, I'm asking that uh, we as a church, as well as those who are watching online, Lord, would you help us to recognize why connecting and committing to your plan to reach and change and love and save northern Michigan and the world around us, help us to scream out loud and be committed to your local church here at Walloon like never before. And even right now, Lord, um, there's been some of us, uh, people that in years past were sitting right next to us who've drifted and they're no longer a part of us. Would you help us to notice and reach out to them and love on them and call them and text them and knock on their doors and let them know we love them and they're missed and they're needed? We're missing a part of the body when they're not here. Just wondering if you might say today as we close this series, Lord, I'm convinced church is not optional, it's essential. It's your plan for all of your followers, but get specific right now. Lord, it's your plan for me. I just want you to know, Lord, I'm doubling down on my resolve, my commitment, my connection to your plan. I'm all in find a place to serve I'm going to find a place to connect Lord I, I, I'm all in finally today I, I don't want to ignore the fact that you might be here today or watching online and, and you're thinking I don't even know this Jesus that you're talking about I, I I don't understand why being connected is so important because that connection, that part, being a part of the family begins when you say yes to Jesus. When you open the door of your life 
and you invite Jesus to come in. Why would you do that? Because Jesus willingly left the glory and the splendor of heaven, took on a human body, successfully lived a sinless life. Jesus, therefore, qualifies to be the sinless Lamb of God. He took your place, my place on the cross. For my greatest problem, which is yours, we're sinners. Shed his blood, took our place in the grave early Sunday morning, victoriously arose from the dead. He did that for you. He did that for me. New life in Jesus, getting connected to him and his church begins by saying, yes, Jesus, I believe you did those things for me took my place on the cross, shed your blood, took my place in the grave, arose for me, and I receive you right now by faith as King, Savior, Lord. Come take charge of my life. If you did that and you're here in the building right now, make your way to the, the prayer corner. We'd love to celebrate that with you get you a Bible, get you started on your road. If you're watching online, would you let us know? Walloonchurch.com, you let us know. We'll get you a Bible. We'll get you going on the road to following Jesus as well. Thank you, Lord, for uh, allowing us to gather and worship and celebrate and encourage and, and remind each other of the hope we have in Jesus. It's in his wonderful name we pray.